Well, here we are. Now we're kicking off spring break. We're in a brand new series. We're going to be looking at, you know that every once in a while, or if you've been here for a while, you know every once in a while we like to just take a book of the Bible and just chomp on it, just start on it, take it chapter by chapter and look and see what that that book is, is having to say to us. Well, this time we're going to take six weeks. There's six chapters in the book of Galatians. We're just going to take six weeks and we're just going to crunch through Galatians. And this week we're looking at, guess what? Galatians chapter 1. And if you were going to pull Galatians down and you're going to take all of it and boil it down into a word, I really believe it'd be this word right here. This word freedom. It is there, right? Yes, yes. Okay. I'd hate to be. <laughs> I, I trust you, buddy. It's me, I don't. And, uh, but that's what it's about. And so in this whole series, we're going to be looking at this. And so let's just go ahead and crunch into our notes. Let's get into this. It says, in, <clears throat> in Christ, we are free. This is just an absolute fact. When we come, we come to Christ in bondage. We come to Christ messed up. And, and, but when we, when we are in Him, we are completely and 100% free. We're free to live as children of God. And not as people trying to earn forgiveness or earn our place with God. But if we don't know that we're free, we're not going to live free. If we don't recognize that we're free, we're not really going to do that. That's why here at Celebration Church, we purpose over and over again to, to grow in knowing God better and trusting Him more. He's going to begin to reveal to us where we're free. The gift we already have. We're not asking him to do anything new and fresh. He has already provided us everything we need for life and godliness. We're told in the word. And so what we need to do is have our minds open to see what is already ours. And so we're going to be looking at that here in Galatians. See now, uh, forgiveness is not the prize. That's not what we're running for. Forgiveness is, the, is a gift. It's something that we're given. Now, the, the Word of God tells us that as a runner, to run for the prize. But the prize isn't relationship with God. We run because we're in relationship with God, not to get into that place. Now, I uh, have I'm not, shared with you all over and over again that I am not athletic. And so I wanted to do some athletic things. And so because I'm not athletic, then I had to just find some things that I could just, just use straight determination for. And for some reason, I decided I wanted to do some running. Well, I'm no sprinter, and so because that takes athleticism. And so I decided I was just going to run, just run a long ways, just do the whole Forrest Gump thing and just keep going. <laughs> and uh, so that was, that was my plan. And, uh, and so I had started years ago and decided I wanted to uh, run uh, a marathon by the time I was 35, and I completed a marathon by the time I was I did not fully run. It was a sad day. <laughs> and to get 17 miles under your belt and to have to break stride and walk and then have your uh, six-year-old kid come by in the car, Dad, you're walking! <laughs> Go back to bed, kid! And uh, where were you when I was running? I was running. Um, 
But anyway, so I, it's something that I enjoy to do, but I need a reason. I, I have to have a reason to run. I'm not one of these people that just wants to get out and just run for the fun of it. And uh, so my, my buddy Kelly kind of, I guess, instinctively knows that and uh, uh, has, has lately has helped me and invited me to go on a run with him. The road lizards do some runs here, and so there was a, a 5K trail run that they did out at the state park. And, and I was like, okay, I, I'm not ready for another marathon, but I can, I can run a 5K. I, I can get that done. And so I went out running with Kelly and, and went out, and uh, I really just about hurt myself that first practice run. And uh, Kelly was like doing this. He's walking, and I'm just, choo, choo. He's like, all right, seriously, Clark, I'm getting no work out here. And uh, so he's, he, I'm just holding him back. And then we do the run last week. And um, I, I tell you what, this is how, this is how slow I am, okay? Uh, I, I did the run. I had my goal. Okay, and I, I met met my goal. I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's it's embarrassing, and uh, but I met it. And uh, but there's a, a lady in our church, one of our elders, uh, board members' wives, who used to run in college. Okay, we'll qualify that she ran in college, and uh, she hadn't run distance in like 20 years, something like that, right, Kelly? And uh, so she gets out. And she goes and she, she runs last Saturday and runs a 5K. Goes out, she has not, she's just going to go knock one down. She has not put in any distance training, nothing. She's just going to go, bloop, go knock down a 5K. I have been doing some running. She gets out there. She has her game face on. She gets up on the front. She takes off and she runs. Um, I get at the back of the pack. I don't want to get in people's way. So I get where I know I'm going to be. And it's a little more fun to pass a few people than to get past all the time. And so I think I'd rather run like 30 seconds slower and pass six people than run 30 seconds faster and get passed by six people. It's just psychologically on me. And uh, it's just that testosterone thing. But so she just takes off and she just goes out there. Now when the race is over, like she finishes like a minute and a half ahead of me. Okay? She hasn't trained all. Finishes a minute and a half ahead of me. And she calls Cutie the next day and is talking to Cutie. And she's just grouching. I mean, she's just grouching. She goes, man, there were four women that finished ahead of me. And she's just grouching. I'm like, I'm sure they trained. I'm sure they did. Oh, they don't even look like they trained. And I'm like, okay, you just need to hush right now. Okay? You need to hush. Because those four women and you and all these other people finished ahead of me. So all you're griping is you're just tearing down the people that like totally I ate their dust. I just you're just pushing me down in the dirt even more. Just hush, girl. And uh, so finally, finally, I saw her one and I just pinched her. I just you're just wrong. Just you just need to hush your mouth. So I go out and just and and so we, Kelly asked me to go and run again uh, late this week. So I go out and we go down and run again. So every time I've gone out to run, I've knocked a few seconds. Off my time. First time I knocked a few minutes. This last time I knocked a few seconds. But we're out there running. And we're running down the trails. And I'm watching my watch. And I know the trail at least a little bit by this point. And I'm feeling like I maybe could set a personal best. And so I have done all of this running. And finally we get to where we can see the finish line. And then I just... <laughs> if you were out there, you wouldn't think it was nothing was happening. But I turned it on. I turned on the juice. I let the horses run. And I just get into the Brandon Clark sprint, which is other people's jog, but it's my sprint. And I'm just 
kicking it, and uh, sprint all the way to the finish line. Sure enough, I'm like 12 seconds off my time. I'm doing the Rocky dance, and I'm so excited. And uh, But that whole run, that whole run, I had run all this place to all of a sudden get to the place where I really ran, where all of a sudden now it really counts. So many times in, when we look at this thing, we can have this relationship with God where we say, well, I want to get to this place I'm going to get to this place in my, and then I'm really going to do something. Right. Then God's really going to see me as his son and really want to do something in my life. And then it's really going to count. I want to get to where I can see the finish. I'm just, I'm just almost godly. And now I can go ahead and whew, I can turn it on. I've got all this ground I'm going to cover. And then when I feel like I can get there. And you know what? That's just not the case. You know what? That's the case with every other religion. Is it's all about achieving to some place. But you know what's the beautiful thing about our relationship with God? Is we start our baseline. I don't care who you are. Our baseline. We start at forgiveness and sonship. We start at acceptance. We're not striving for that. We start there. That is where we get going. All Everything else we do, everything else we do for Christ, everything else God does in us is simply about growing us up as sons. It's not about becoming something that we're lacking. We are fully regenerated. We are fully reborn when we embrace His love. When we accept Him and the forgiveness we have in Him. Let's look at Galatians. Galatians 1, here Paul opens this up. And he says, Paul, an apostle, sent not... From men, nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers with me. To the churches in Galatia, this is a region, it's not a town. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. See, Jesus and the Father, the Son and the Father, they were all in agreement. It was their will that we would be rescued from it. We start at that place. It's not that we're trying to achieve. It's that God rescued us and we start from this place and we accept that that is our baseline and we begin. Man, I tell you what, it takes all the pressure off. We're not at the starting gate going, I hope I make my time. I hope I'm able to finish in front of that guy. If I can just be better than that guy, I'm going to be okay. No, it's not about that. It's about we've already started. He has made us more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We start with a victory. We walk into the fight already a winner. When we get that in our minds, when we understand that we wake up every Morning, every morning, a child of God. We wake up already with victory under our belt. All we have to do is just follow the Holy Spirit and live in it. That's all we have to do. It's already ours. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to try to get our hands on it. See, Romans 8, 2 says, Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Through Jesus, we are set free from the law of of sin and death. And you're gonna, we're going to see that concept all through the book of Galatians on dealing with the law trying to come back in here. Hebrews 11.6. We talked about this in the last series. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Not that it's hard. Not that it's difficult. Not that if you take another route, you're going to work all this extra. No, it's impossible 
to please God without faith. Why? Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, religion is man's attempt to please God by adhering to rules. Every religion that's created is man's attempt to try to please some God out there by adhering to some rules. I'm going to obey this. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do this. And then if I follow all of that, then God's going to go, all right, good job, little earthling. That is, that is what is it. But that is not what we have. We have a relationship My kids do not get out of bed in the morning hoping that as long as they carry out the trash and clean their rooms and do their homework, that at the end of the day, that I'm going to go, yep, you're still my kid. No. No. They get out of bed knowing that they're loved, knowing that they're a part, knowing. And why? Why do we encourage them? We encourage them to do those little things and be a part. Why? Because you're a part of the family. See, we get to be co-laborers in this thing with, with Christ. We get to jump into this. We get to do this because we're part of the family. It's part of the family business. It's a totally different thing. Now, Paul wrote this book to the Galatians because he wanted to correct some false teaching. Some stuff had slipped in. The Galatians had started strong and some junk had slipped into their thinking and into their daily practices. And the whole reason that Paul wrote this was to get everybody back on track. Let's look at Galatians verse 6. It says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. You started off embracing... Now, gospel, if we remember, gospel simply means the good news. You've been given some good news. The good news is that, that we don't have to try to adhere to all these rules to please God. That God has called us and made us His sons by the sacrifice of His firstborn son, of His one only begotten son, Jesus, and that we have acceptance there. That's the good news that is to us, but the Galatians had embraced a different gospel. They had embraced something else that, okay, maybe you, that, you start there, you, you go there, but now you have to do this, you have to obey this rule, you have to live this way, you have to not talk this way, you have to do all these different things. It had crept in, and that is no, that's not good news at all. You come in and you have to, you say, okay, you're, you're, you're freed in Jesus but now you have to do all of this heavy weight stuff. Uh, okay, it sounded good at first. Oh, there's the catch. I knew there was a catch. I knew there was. There's just, I, my mama told me there's no free lunch, and I knew it. You're going to get caught in the end. No, in Christ there really is. We really are free. It's like the guy that goes to the doctor's office, and he says, All right, I've got some, uh, I got some, uh, some good news and uh, some bad news. And the good news is, he goes, all right, I want, give me the good news. All right, well, the good news is you're going to live twice as long as we thought you were. All right, what's the bad news? We thought you were going to live a week. Well, that's no good news at all. The good news isn't good. That's not good news. When something else comes in and slips in and begins to devalue and remove grace, it makes it not good news at all. That's why when we begin to let this thing slip into our minds that we have to somehow work 
to achieve our relationship with God, to earn his love. That's why we're not excited about it anymore. That's why we don't want to spend time reading the word. That's why we don't want to spend time in his presence. Why? Because all of a sudden now we're working to achieve it. All of a sudden now it's, some, it's an obligation. It's not an act of love. Now see, where this whole thing, we're going to be looking at the difference between relationship and, and religion. Now the problem with religion is that religion brings confusion. Galatians 1.7 says, Evidently some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one that we've already preached to you, let him be eternally condemned. All right? If Paul was, you know, a little bit stronger language, let, let him go to hell. Said so anybody else bring anything? Anybody brings another message other than what we have presented you, the grace and the love of Christ, then that should just be eternally condemned. You should have nothing to do with that. See, that's the whole problem whenever we present the gospel and the freedom that it is. And then the church tries to squeeze in and put a bunch of rules on people. It brings confusion. They spend a little bit of time with God and feel the freedom that we have in Him. The, the Spirit says we're free. And then we have this other thing that comes in and, and people come in and begin to say, Oh, but you've got to do this and you can't do that and you all of this. And then you're like, well, wait a second. What happened here? Was I free to, to live a life of love for God? Or did I have to live a life focusing on all these minute details? It brings total and complete confusion. Another thing that happens is that religion provides a system of measurement and a false comfort, also known as this place of pride. That's why so many people gravitate towards things being set up under some sort of religious structure. Why? Because there's this place of, of measurement. I can, I can know if I'm kind of doing good or not. I've got my little daily checklist and I, 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 I read my, my scriptures that Pastor Brandon had on our daily reading and I read the blog and I commented and I prayed for somebody and I, I I spent some time and I, I asked the questions that we have in the back of our bulletin. I asked those questions to my kids and made sure they were learning something in children's church. And, and I did all of these little things. And so I'm, I'm awesome. I'm doing good. When really it's about living a spirit-led life, allowing God to grow us. At any time we reduce something to a checklist, then we're going to push something out that God is asking of us to do that somehow didn't get on that checklist and we're going to feel un we're going to feel we're going to feel overly secure in ourselves instead of completely secure in who Christ is and what he's done. 2 Corinthians 10:12 says we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves they are not wise. We love these things of measurement. We do. And I tell you what, I know that I do. And that was one of the things that when God was getting us ready to, uh, 
to, to plant this church while we were traveling. That was one of the things God was really dealing with me on while we were, while we were traveling. And I, is that I'm somebody that I only tend to inspect things or look when I think I'm going to find good. If I think I might not like the results, I don't naturally want to look at it. I don't want to get on a scale unless I think my weight's gone down. You know, if I'm sitting there working out and stuff and know I've eaten right, think, man, my pants are a little loose. I only see what I weigh. Man, I feel good. If I know, man, I had three donuts and I didn't work out and my pants are a little tight, I have no desire to step on the scale. I don't want to do it. And what really cracked me up, was where God really showed this to me, is we were driving that big old motorhome. And I'm driving all over the place. Well, that was back in 08, and we paid anywhere from, you know, everybody's whining about gas prices. It hurts us all. I, I don't like it. But, man, you'll remember back in 08, they got really ugly. And I paid almost a nickel shy from paying $5 a gallon for diesel. I mean, it was just, when I filled up that 100-gallon tank, it was just, oh. I just don't want to look. Baby, just swap the car and we'll just go on. And, um, and so, but I constantly was watching my little thing that told me how many miles per gallon that I was getting. I was constantly over there looking at it. Well, when the computer tells you what it was averaging, well, it was telling me that I was averaging around seven and a half. So, I, I mean, yeah, it's big old, huge does, credit gas mileage, diesel mileage, dragging our Suburban behind it. And uh, so it's getting seven and a half, okay? And, uh, but every time that I looked at it, every time I glanced down and I looked at it, it said nine or ten. I'm like, how can this be right? This, this thing is wrong. It is calculating wrong. There's no way I'm averaging seven and a half. Because every time I look at it, it's nine or ten. Every time I glance at it, with the instant economy, it's saying I'm getting nine or ten right at that moment. And then I noticed that the only time I glanced is if I was going slightly downhill. And somehow in my thinking, I knew that I was going to grab a little piece of information that made me feel a little bit good about myself and that things were okay. But when the reality of it, as when it was all said and done, I was getting seven and a half. And when I was going up the hill on the other side, I was probably getting three and a half. And I never looked at it on that. Woo! Put some duct tape over that, hide that. We don't want to see that. It's, it's just the truth. Guys, you ever caught a glimpse of yourself in the mirror where you pass a mirror and you did not mean to look in the mirror and you catch it out of the side of your eye and you really see that you kind of slouch and there's maybe a little. Because every time you go to the mirror, even subconsciously, you just know you're about to be inspect. You're about to inspect yourself, and you just puff up a little bit, flex the pecs, you push your shoulders back. I'm looking pretty good. And that's what else everybody else sees. You look in the mirror. Yeah. We do that. I do that, and then I catch. This glimpse, and I wasn't ready. My, I did not care. And there's my gut. And I'm like, ah! What's wrong with that? Well, I didn't fix it. I didn't fix it before I looked at it. And that is what religion will do to us. It lets us kind of paint ourselves up to where we'll feel good. We inspect ourselves, and we're like, yeah, yeah, I'm not as bad as that jerk over there. God, you're bound to love me because I know the people on my block, and man, they're bad. So I'm in the top 50%. 
and I'm, you're bound to like me pretty good. That's what will happen. We'll compare ourselves and we'll get this false comfort in there. Then this, we'll get this religious pride. I even love that we were at a, years ago, we were just so shaped. Um, we went to this, uh, this minister, had been in ministry almost 70 years. He had had just an incredible amount of ministry. God had just blessed it, seen tons of mission work, tons of pastors, tons of church planted. It was his, nobody knew it at the time, but it was his, it was his last pastor's conference. He was going to pass away before the next summer. And we got, Cutie and I got to go to that years ago. So he's there on stage and, and uh, they got him a chair up there and he was taking questions. There's about 1,200 church leaders all here in this place. And we've written um, questions for him. And somebody writes the question and asks, how much time do you spend reading the Bible every day? So he comes to that question and he reads the question and he says, you know what? He says, I'm, I'm not going to give you an answer. He said, because... If it's less than the amount that you read, you're going to feel really good about yourself. And if it's more than the amount that you read, you're going to get under condemnation. And so what I'm going to tell you to do is you need to do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. And I tell you, I'm, it, you could just sense that everybody, whew, we don't have to compare ourselves. There's not some standard we're trying to work for and achieve. And that if we do this, we're good. And if we don't, we're subpar. And if we over it, then man, we're super Christian. It's live by the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's love each other. It's love God. That's what it's about. That's what we have to be doing. <clears throat> Religion also gets us in trouble because it focuses on man's works. See, Galatians 1.10 says, Am I now trying to win approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. See, when we get this works mentality in our mind, okay, that, man, if I do these things for God, well, then he's going to be obligated to kind of dole out some answers to my prayers and... Make me feel a little bit more peaceful in life and open up the pearly gates for me when I die. And if I do these things, we, you know. And so what that ultimately is, ultimately, if we drop that down, we drop that, if I do this for you, you're obligated to me, then it's the equivalent of the guy that takes the young lady out on the date, buys her whatever she wants to eat, Brings her the flowers and a little gift and a nice movie. And at the end of the date, go, well, you owe me, sweet thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. The works mentality is the exact same thing. It's God, I did this for you. And I did this for you. And I did this for you. You owe me, big man. Answer my prayers. Do what I've asked you to do. Let me into heaven. And that's not what it's about. It's about what that date should have been about. Relationship. He said, I just enjoy you. Like Russ said, quoted Lee Francis on the blog this week, just for the pleasure of your company. That's why God sent Jesus. Why? Because he just wanted the pleasure of your company. And sin got in the way. 
Sin got in the way. He created you to be in His presence anyways. Sin got in the way. So He sent Jesus to deal with the sin issue so that now He could simply enjoy us for the pleasure of our company, not what He thinks we can do for Him. Will we get to do things in Christ? Do we get to partner in His work in this planet? Yes, and it's incredible that we get in on it. But it's not an obligation, it's a privilege that comes out of sonship. It is a beautiful, wonderful Wonderful thing. Religion is spelled D-O, do. But see, Christianity, relationship with Christ, is spelled done. It's about what He has done for us. Religion is man's attempt to reach God, and Christianity is God's attempt to reach man. See, religion focuses on the external, and Christianity focuses on the internal. That's why we're so hardcore about around here about not being judgmental with each other, because we don't know what the Holy Spirit is doing on each one of our lives. We hold the standard of, you know what, let's not get complacent. We're going to be a move-forward kind of people, and we're going to love each other while God is dealing with the inner issues. Why? Because the external stuff don't change For real anyways. It's just window dressing unless the internal stuff changes. So let's just love each other while God does the internal stuff. And one day we're going to look up and the external is going to look a little better. And it's going to be genuine. It's not going to be fake or put on. See, Galatians 1, 11 says, I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached is not something the man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Verse 13 For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. Okay? When we look at this, Paul was a fundamentalist terrorist. That's what he was. He was trying to kill people from a religious fundamental point of view. He had been a terrorist against Christians. And God had set him free and makes him the greatest apostles ever. It says, but Galatians 1 says, But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me, so that I may preach him among the Gentiles. They only had heard, and skipping to 23, they only heard the report, the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy and they praised God because of me. He goes from one end to the extreme, all of a sudden now he's the greatest proponent of it. Why? Because of relationship. Because God got a hold of him and changed him from the inside out. It's not this place of him trying to work to correct his wrongs. It's that God had set him free and he's going to let everybody, everybody know about it. Do not let the idea of trying to earn God's approval slip back into your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit lead you into all the freedom you have been given in Jesus. We really are free. We really are free. I'll tell you what, don't give out of obligation. Don't read your Bible out of obligation. Don't do any of these things when all of a sudden you say, well, God's just going to be mad at me. No, no, no. You calm down. In that moment, you get back to your relationship with God. And all of a sudden, say, God, it's because I love you. I want to do these things. 
I want to do these things. That is where our life is supposed to be lived. Now, normally I just have in here some questions for you to ask your kids. Kind of get the conversation going. Remember, our philosophy is is that the, the kids really will embrace that what they're learning over there is important when they recognize that mom and dad are learning it too, and it's important to them. And so I only encourage you, we give you questions every week to ask, and you've got your questions for your kids. But I've got a couple questions in there that I want you to mull on this week. Now they're for you, just between you and God. But right now I have a question. <laughs> 